0: This should be played at high volume. Welcome to Out of Pocket. Here's your host, Michael Davis.
1: Welcome to out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, tobaccoroadsportsradio.com and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup and it's your boys Michael Davis. I'm joined by Our Pocket regular Jackson Cordray. Jackson, how are you doing this fine Friday?
0: Dude, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm ready to talk some ball.
1: Oh yeah, and for the first time ever, finally, we are getting mr ben camperman of the camper report ben how are you doing today
2: i'm doing good i mean excited to talk some nfl obviously i um am a a 49ers fan i have my own channel on youtube check it out the camper report but i've been listening to you guys for a while and obviously you were trying to get me on for a while but life has been busy so i'm pumped to do a show with you two smart gentlemen um and excited to finally uh, do this because it's been a while that we've been trying to make this happen. So
1: now Ben, you don't have to butter Jackson up. Okay. You can say one smart man and then, you know, a Homer, but I just <laughs> want to preface. This may have been a bad idea after last night's game to invite a Seahawks fan and a 49ers fan onto the show. But we've kind of made an agreement, a closure agreement that we are not going to talk about last night's game. But I, I do want to get y'all's opinions on your quarterbacks because, you know, we're not going to talk into regards of last night, but I want to know who you'd rather have in the postseason. Just looking at their overall body of work. And when we come in the postseason, like which inexperienced quarterback are you trusting in the playoffs more? Because neither Geno nor Brock Purdy has a lot of experience in the playoffs. Ben, I'm going to start it off with you for your first time on the show. Thanks, man. I honestly, I would say
2: probably Geno Smith, because for one, I think he's more durable. You know, we've seen Brock Purdy um, getting knocked around. He's a smaller guy. He's only like six foot. He's just he's he's been getting banged around in um, in the 49ers, behind the 49ers offense. And so I would say Geno Smith because of the durability and just because even though none of them have really had playoff experience, Geno Smith still has experience. And I would say like, we need to see more out of Brock, Brock Purdy because you know, I I go back to Nick Mullins, uh, our, our backup that we used to have, who is now for the Minnesota Vikings. He I believe behind uh, was behind Patrick Mahomes and Andrew, uh, Andrew Luck in passing yards his first 13 starts. So Brock Purdy, I don't think, has proven enough because any quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's system is good enough. Uh, I mean, look at, obviously, like I just said, Nick Mullins, who is not a that good backup quarterback. He had a great first 13 start. So absolutely, Geno Smith, because he is more proven.
1: Wow. Uh, after that take, I don't expect any bad blood between these 49ers and Seahawks fans. Jackson, I, I I, mean, do you want to go after for uh, Brock Purdy, or are you sticking with Geno? Yeah, no, Gino? I'm not
0: going to do that. I'm going to go with Geno all the way. You know, I think here's the thing about Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's one of the greatest offensive minds in the sport. No doubt about that. He can make anybody good. Absolutely. He can make Jimmy Garoppolo good. Yeah. So for – for us to say Brock Purdy is an experience, experienced, it's true. He doesn't have the reps that Geno has this season. He doesn't have the 10-year career in the NFL as a backup that Geno has, preparing him for high-pressure moments and, and big game-winning drives. Brock doesn't have that. He was Mr. Irrelevant coming out of college as the last pick in the NFL draft. I think Geno Smith, going forward, can show each and every game that he's prepared to surpass all expectations, I'm not sure about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's yeah. not one of those guys that can absolutely – like like Geno has multiple times this season, led a team that is poor defensively into game-winning drives and win those games, whereas Brock Purdy's only started two games. So I think, I think we all need to relax on the Brock Purdy thing. I think we really just need to get into, man, this Geno Smith guy is, is as talented as ever at the age of 32 – 30, turning 33 soon. I mean, this guy is an absolute beast. So I think we're going with Geno Smith, 100% going into the playoffs.
1: Now, there is a thing you mentioned with... Yeah, there's go. a thing you mentioned, Jackson, about the defense. I feel like I would trust Brock Purdy with the team around him a lot more than I would trust Geno with the team around him. Because in the playoffs, quarterbacks have to carry their team. There is going to become a moment in one, two, three, four playoff games where you have to step up as a quarterback, put your team on your back, and lead, okay? I, I feel like Brock Purdy could be that guy, and if he's not, he has the team around him to make up for it. When you put Geno under the pressure in the playoffs, that is new territory for him, okay? There, there's a difference between him being the regular season MVP candidate that he has been, as opposed to, you know, that 49ers defense being proven with what they have done in years past. And I feel like the 49ers, I mean, they're my number one team in this past week's top quarter rankings. No, not the Eagles. I've been catching flack from that, particularly from Brian's brother, who's an Eagles fan. But that's besides the point. We'll talk about the Eagles maybe a little bit later on the show. But Brock Purdy, your guy in the playoffs with that team around him.
2: Yeah. And, and before we move on to the next topic, I just want to say, like, you said Brock Purdy in the playoffs is I, I feel like he could do that. Brock Purdy carries himself. He's confident. He's he started all four years at Iowa State. So he's a confident man. He he carries himself very confidently. And um, but again, my only like I said, my only concerns are, you know, Every quarterback has looked pretty good in this Kyle Shanahan offense. And Geno Smith. Pretty good? Pretty good? Pretty good. I know. Pretty I know. good. Another thing is Geno Smith has a bigger arm. So that's uh, all I'll leave it with. But, yeah.
1: Well, you yeah, know, we've been wrong in the past. I was wrong about Geno Smith. You know, Geno Smith's had that a good season. Right. Okay. Well, do you <laughs> so know I what thought you to throw that about?
0: out there. I thought, sorry. I just thought I had to throw that out there real quick. Do,
1: do you know what you weren't right about, though? Our oh, Super God. Bowl picks at the beginning of the year. And, and neither was I, to be fair. Um, I, I was rehashing and going back and watching some old episodes, and I'm kind of shocked, man. Like, Jackson, I picked the Rams to beat the Bills, and that's not going anywhere. You picked the Chargers and the Niners. Forget who you picked to win that game. I picked the Niners to win that game. You picked the 49ers. So the 49ers could still win the Super Bowl, but, I mean – there's been two teams, the Rams and the chargers who have been so disappointing this year. And I'll pose this to you, Jackson, like who have you been more disappointed with? I mean,
0: the Rams, the Rams without a doubt. And I wasn't really disappointed by the Rams. I had an expectation with losing Andrew Whitworth coming into the season that they'd struggle offensively. And Matthew Stafford was going to regress. I think that was just going to be a natural trait of his due to the fact that he's aging, his arms kind of going and, and the fact that he, he throws so many turnover-worthy passes, right? So with that in mind, I kind of had the expectation that the Rams, not to mention the roster, kind of has fallen apart. I mean, they added Bobby Wagner, but Bobby Wagner's not a not a top-tier Mike linebacker anymore. He's not even a really even okay linebacker anymore. So with all those things in mind, I had an expectation of this Rams team kind of being underwhelming, you know, coming into the season. So. I uh, I expected them to underperform. I didn't actually even have them in the playoffs. Uh, a team that I still think can turn it around a little bit off of just the fact that Justin Herbert is that guy. We all saw that this past Sunday against against the uh, the Dolphins. I think this guy is absolutely a stud. I mean, he proved that to all of us. So going forward, I still think this this Chargers team at seven and six can sneak their way into the playoffs and still provide a couple of wins can maybe even make it as a scary team that gets hot towards the end of the season. I'm not disappointed in the chargers. They've had plenty of injuries with Joe Bosa and, and a couple of other guys on their, uh, you know, Rashad um, what's excuse me. What's his last name? The left tackles name. Oh, uh, Slater. Yeah. Slater. Rashad Slater. He's out for the season. I mean, all these guys, these injuries add up for them. I think this is one of those times that, Hey, they, this team gets hot going forward. You have to look at them as a, potential contender to get hot at the right moment right so that's what I expect going forward and I'm looking forward to seeing this Chargers team maybe sneak into the playoffs
1: now I would say with you know when it comes to the Super Bowl I feel like the Rams and the Chargers have been really disappointing like those were their ceilings like there's no reason the Rams shouldn't have repeated you mentioned Andrew Whitworth they still had so much talent anytime you have Stafford and Cup and Aaron Donald and Joe and Ramsey and Sean McVay, like you're expected to perform chargers. I started thinking about this. I started thinking about this. The chargers just seem to have a lot of talent each year and they underperform Ben. Am I out of pocket with that?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, last year they had the exact same receivers they had this year. They had a great running back. They, they had Rashawn Slater. They had, so they had a, a lot of the core uh, pieces that they had uh, this year, and they're, they underperformed last year. They were nine and eight or whatever they were. So I absolutely do not think you are out of pocket with that. Um, and again, like like Jack uh, Jack said, I mean, Justin Herbert is a generational uh, talent at quarterback, and Matthew Stafford is a guy who's out of the. He's going to be out of the league potentially next year. So I just don't think. Um, you can trust the, I don't, I think I'm, I was more disappointed with the Rams than the chargers.
1: Did you say Matt Stafford out of the league? Did I hear that right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Cause he, there's rumors that he
1: will retire.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't see that as a surprise at all.
1: You think, you think Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy in LA now? I don't know.
2: That would be wild. LA is an absolute dump They're That's going to be one of the worst um one of the worst franchises within the next few years.
1: So wow. Well hopefully for you guys as NFC West fans. And oh, yeah. Jackson, I really want to do this Super Bowl prediction. Like it's it's not going to be the Rams versus the Bills. I'm honestly kind of disappointed in the Bills. We we were talking before we went on the show, like how disappointed the Bills have been just roster wise, like not trusting anything beyond like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But if I had to redo this Super Bowl prediction, I'm taking the 49ers. Ben, you're welcome. And I'm I'm really – it's between the Chiefs and Bengals, but I feel like the Bengals got there, and it's going to come down to like an overtime AFC title game that the Chiefs would eventually win. So, Niners, Chiefs, and obviously the Niners would take home the Lombardi. That's my pick. Jackson, are you sticking with <laughs> – Are you sticking with yours?
0: Uh, I'm not sticking with mine. Uh, A lot of me wants to say the Niners are still in the Super Bowl, Uh, but due to the fact that I'm a Seahawks fan and I am a homer, I will not say that again, Uh, especially without uh, two starting quarterbacks and now this Brock Purdy guy. Uh, If I had to pick, this puts me in a tough spot. I, I I feel like it's Cowboys or Eagles, and I feel like it's Kansas City. Uh, I'm not sure where I really feel on the NFC side, but part of me wants to say the Cowboys because I love Dak and I love what they have there. But at the same time, you can't go wrong with the one-loss Eagles right now. So I'm going to go Eagles and, and Chiefs. If you ask me, come playoff time, how I feel and how the Cowboys finish out this season, I may have a different a different answer. But as of right now, I'm going uh, I'm going Chiefs Eagles.
1: Jackson, you had you had me for a second, and hopefully, hopefully, Cowboys can win. Right now, in your hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, you know, the place that was named after you, obviously. And Ben, I mean, we didn't get you on the show earlier in the season, but do you have a Super Bowl prediction that you would like to share?
2: I had, I believe mine was Chiefs versus, I don't even know. I know one of them was Chiefs, but I'm not really, I'd have to go back and look uh, what I made before the season. But I'm going to say Chiefs Niners, exactly like you are. And for this one reason, and I know it, it comes across as biased, but I think the Eagles the Eagles, uh, uh, remind me a little bit of what the Ravens were in 2019 when they went 14-2, and two, burnt themselves out, and then went into the playoffs, lost in the first round. And I think, you know, with the Eagles, they could make it to the Super Bowl. They have that potential. But the thing is, is... They have a bunch of these coaches, and my brothers have said this too, especially by uh, the brother that you talked to, Joseph. He says that the Eagles have coaches that really haven't developed a ton of players. A lot of their players aren't like guys that they've drafted. So when it comes down to the playoffs, when it comes down, when you're facing playoff teams, you need coaching to step up. And I don't know if the Eagles have good enough coaches to compete with some of the top coaches like Kyle Shanahan. So I would say Eagles there and then I'm going to say Chiefs just because I think Chiefs are going to get the first seed and they have an easier schedule moving forward than the Bills and I think they're going to get the first seed and it's really hard to win in Arrowhead so.
1: And, Ben, you can come on the show anytime, especially if you're going to agree with all my takes. This is this is well, finally nice. <laughs> I,
2: okay, I was going to go with the Eagles, but then I was looking at it, and there, I, I just don't know. I, there's a lot of unknowns with the Eagles right now, and I think the 49ers have proven that they've done it for so many years. But the other thing that I don't um, get is – How do you give so much love to the 49ers when these two rivalries have been battling for so many years and we knocked you out of the playoffs last year?
1: Okay, I don't love the 49ers. I respect what they do. I respect what they are. They have built a culture around that team to where we can say they're on their third string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the NFL draft as a rookie, and I can still say they're the best team in the NFL. Like when y'all went out and got Christian McCaffrey, I mean, y'all like y'all, y'all just elevated your team in yeah. that trade. And not to mention, you already had Jeff Wilson, you, you know, shipped him out. You have Elijah Mitchell steel. Like, I mean, Elijah Mitchell was a fantasy dud once he got hurt, which was unfortunate for me, but Debo. Yeah. And you have that defense swarming around right now, like. I mean, you you have a really good team right now and hopefully the 49ers don't win, but if they did, you know, at least I can come on the out pocket on Mondays, their Instagram account with I told you so Monday and be a good I told you so. You should have taken this 49er team seriously. And, you know, right before right before we go in the break, the NFC South real quick is a tight race and the Panthers are somehow still in it. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are dangerous and I honestly don't want to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the playoffs. It looks like the Cowboys will be the 5th seed, the NFC South winner would be the 4th seed. Dallas has never beaten Tampa, but I mean, if you don't reach a if you don't reach a bye, if you don't reach the number 1 seed as the 49ers, you're going to play in wild card weekend. Who would you want to avoid in the wild card in terms of the NFC South winner?
2: Do I should I go first here? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm gonna do. I don't know. I I guess I guess Bucks because Tom Brady, um, you know, has that experience. But none of the teams in this division really are that good. I mean, even the Bucks. We'll maybe get into it a little bit more, but they they don't have a good offensive line. They're one of the worst rushing defense offenses in the league, and they're just not. I mean, Tom isn't mobile. Um, and so. There's really nothing to look forward there. And as a 49ers fan, we already destroyed them last week. So I'm not really scared of any of these teams. But if I did have to be scared of one, it would be Tom just because of the um, the playoff pedigree, I guess. I mean, I don't know. All of these teams suck.
1: Yeah, Jackson,
2: why
0: do I feel like I want to go Panthers here? I feel like the Panthers roster has a lot of potential outside of the quarterback position. Get and rid you know, of Ben Mack and do the offensive coordinator. I feel like you actually have a decent team with a quarterback. I'm scared of that roster. And if I'm any team going forward, I don't want to see them due to the fact that their defense is stout. And that offensive line is very, very good.
1: And that, that is not what we thought we would be saying after week three of this year, but we got to get into a break. When we come back, we're going to break down some of the action that you will want to watch this weekend and stick with us on Tobacco Red Sports Radio and WWBG 1470 AM. Welcome back to Out Pocket with Michael Davis, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, radio TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. Jackson joining me. Ben Camperman of the Camper Report is joining me as well. We are also on YouTube, so you can see our lovely faces. You know, the good face that my mama and dad gave me, along with the good Lord himself. But hopefully it is a great weekend for football. I am getting to Experience the Cowboys and Jaguars game. Hopefully they win. But this Saturday lineup tomorrow, I, I have to ask, should they have flexed any of these games out? Because we have the Colts at the Vikings. Okay. I mean, hopefully the Vikings would win that one. You have the Ravens at the Browns. Hopefully the Ravens would win that one. And you have the Dolphins and Bills, which is actually your good game. But is there, is there any team you would have wanted to flex into Saturday? Uh, Jackson, we'll start with you on that one. I'm not sure. I really like this uh this Bills game coming up. This Bills Dolphins
0: game coming up. I think that's the perfect game to watch. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna pick football on a on a Saturday, I think you need one good game and it needs to be the night game. I think the other two games can kind of be mediocre and still have a good Sunday roster. Uh but man, I I I I really can't think of any games that I particularly would want to watch this Saturday. I think I'm happy with with football three days out of the the next, uh, the next four, and, man, I really think I, I have no problem with that.
2: I completely agree. The only thing is, like, the Vikings-Colts game, what really is in it, like, I don't know. that That's not a very competitively um, – that, that's not a very competitive game, but the only thing is, like, there's three games on Saturday, so you have to fill one of those slots with a bad, a bad matchup. Like, you can't have all of those games – Good matchups; otherwise, you'll have nothing left for Sunday. So it's like I, I see what the NFL was doing there, um, but definitely do not like the Vikings versus Colts uh, matchup there.
1: Well, I mean, looking at the four o'clock games for Sunday, I mean you have you have the Bengals Bucks. That's going to yeah. be a good game. You have Titans Chargers. That's going to be a good game. You have Patriots Raiders. That's going to be a good game. Are you telling me you couldn't have switched the Titans Chargers or the Bengals and Bucks with? the Ravens and Browns like, come on. Cause half the nation's going to miss one of those games and it's going to be ridiculously good. And especially the Vikings and Colts, like they're not even in the same division. They're not in the same conference. Like you could maybe, maybe make a case for Ravens Browns. Unfortunately, Lamar's missing the game, but I just, I don't know. And when it comes to this Saturday night football game with the dolphins and bills, I feel like it is a must-win game for the Miami Dolphins after dropping the last two. I still kept them in my top-quarter rankings. I still think they're a better team than the Patriots. I still think they're a top-eight team in the league. Just drew bad luck these last couple weeks. And if they can beat Buffalo, like, hear me out. If they can beat Buffalo, they're back on track. So, Ben, I wanted to ask, is it a must-win for the Dolphins or the Bills this Saturday night?
2: I would say probably Bills because you're, you're, you need to win this game for divisional purposes as well as you need the first seed. Like You don't want to have that situation, what happened last year in Arrowhead, happen again this year. So you need the first seed. You need to have all your games at home, in the cold, where you can maybe control a little bit of things. I definitely think it's a must win for uh, Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, more but Miami needs to win the, it's really for both teams because Miami needs to win
1: this to stay in the playoff race so and be really hard for Miami to drop three games in a row especially losing to Buffalo and if Miami wins they hold the tiebreaker over Buffalo Buffalo mm-hmm. lost to the Dolphins earlier in the year Jackson who, who needs it more and who are you taking in this game
0: I think the dolphins need it more for a multitude of reasons. One with the two losses in a row, you got to win the division. You got to try to win the division, make sure you have a home field advantage come playoff time. With that being said, I think Tua needs to prove himself after this past week's performance, losing to Justin Herbert in a spectacular fashion. I mean, he played horrid. So I think I think this team needs to come out and just show themselves to be something more than than what we kind of kind of maybe all thought they they were, you know, we, Michael, you and I had them in our top five at, at moments during the season for our quarter rankings. And, and, you know, I not to say I regret making that decision, but at the same time, I also I'm not blown away. I was never blown away by this team. So going forward, I think they need to show themselves. I think Tua needs to play at another level. And I think this roster all needs to come together and really try to fight for this game, because if they don't win this game, you're looking at a loss in the division. You're looking at maybe out of the playoffs if things start going awry. You really have to win this game to really push yourself to the next level, not only to get that home field advantage, but to even maintain a playoff spot. Because you lose three games in a row, you're really starting to lose your edge. Yeah, and if...
1: Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead, Ben.
2: I was just going to say, I mean, if this is a really legacy game for, um, for Mike McDaniel, because you want to win that... Coach of the Year award. Obviously, he's probably not thinking of it, but it would be nice to win that Coach of the Year award. If you can somehow win this division, like you said, then you have a chance at the Coach of the Year award. And you just you need to show that you can. I mean, if you sweep the Bills, that is a huge accomplishment. So I don't think it it's going to happen. But we'll get into that later. But yeah, go ahead with what you were going to
1: say. And I, I'll be. I was impressed with Mike McDaniel, and you could probably clip last week's episode and hear me praising Mike McDaniel. But looking back at these last couple games, especially this past week, how are you not getting your offense going? Especially Jalen Waddle. Like Jalen Waddle was a beast earlier in the year, always putting up double digit fantasy points. He had like a like three or four hundred yard games in the season. And then you know two weeks ago against 49ers, targeted five times, one catch, nine yards targeted twice against the Chargers, or targeted four times, only caught twice against the Chargers, 31 yards. Like, how are you not having a your second biggest target of your team, like getting more offense? How are you not balancing Wilson and Mostert on the ground? You know, Tyreek Hill can't do it all like he can't be your number one option, number two, number three, number four. That's why you loaded this team. That's why I loved Miami in my top quarter rankings. And now it's just it's just gone by the wayside. Hopefully they can figure it out because McDaniel, that's your job, honestly. And as we look into a few other games, you know, we talked about Chargers, you know, maybe making a last playoff push. They have the Titans this week. Both of them are seven and six. I don't see either of these teams losing this game and then making the playoffs. Titans, Titans have the edge with the AFC South, but you know, Jacksonville hopefully doesn't pile up a couple wins. I mean, this this could mean a lot for the Chargers, especially since they're neck and neck with the Patriots. Ben, who who needs this game more? And could you see a late minute surge for the playoffs with the Chargers?
2: I think I would say that, well, actually, I'm going to say Titans need this game more. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jaguars are, are, are breathing down their necks after just losing. Like, the Jaguars, this is a reality now that they could win this division. So, Titans need this game. I mean, I don't know. Oh, I would probably say Titans just because I think uh, now, that the, uh, that, now that the Jaguars got that win, they have, they're breathing down the Titans' necks. Um, but I just don't think the Titans are going to get this one done. They have one of the worst pass, pass defenses. Um, and we just saw what Justin Herbert did to the Dolphins, another bad defense. What is he going to do to the Titans' pass defense? It's it's a bad matchup. I think the Chargers definitely get this one done.
1: I feel like for the Chargers, you know, if you're looking, maybe they're wanting a head coaching change, which I've, I've actually dubbed a game this weekend the Don't Get Fired Bowl. I wish we had like a little graphic, the brr, 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 probably toilet. But you have the don't get fired bowl. You have the four and nine Cardinals at the three and 10 Broncos. And the Cardinals don't even have Kyler Murray. They may not have Colt McCoy because of concussion. They might resort to Trace McSorley. But these are two very disappointing teams. I, I had higher expectations for the Cardinals. Broncos, how do you add Russell Wilson and only win three games? Jackson, you're very familiar with Russell Wilson. You've been keeping up with the Broncos a little bit this year. Cardinals division rival. I mean, is the loser of this game definitely getting canned? If not, both of these coaches at the end of the year.
0: Well, I think <laughs> I think Hackett's getting canned regardless, guys. I mean, and not only that, uh, I heard reports come out today that Russell Wilson's going to attempt to play. Uh, that makes it a scary place in the NFL, considering the fact that we all saw the injury, we all saw the concussion, and him, him unconscious on the on the turf. I think that's a that's an awful look for the NFL. But back to it, I think, I think both guys are getting canned. I think Trace McSorley might throw it on a dime, but here's the thing: Trace McSorley is also going to struggle throughout the game. So I'm not expecting this game to be you know anything above the the 15s for both teams. I think this this game is probably looking at thirteen ten you know, 13, six, you know, this game is uh, going to be unpleasant to watch and I'm not looking forward to it one bit, but I'll tune in just for a second to see how, how Hackett's doing and, and to see how this, uh, this Cardinals roster looks towards the end of the season going into next year. But man, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this game at all. And I think both guys are getting fired towards the end of the season.
1: I'm I, I'm trying to figure out. I know we're not a fancy football segment right here. I'm trying Hopkins, to figure out. Hopkins,
2: baby! I, I was to about to
1: running. ask if I start D-Hop in my lineup. Because I got D-Hop, I got St. Brown, I got Waddle. But I also have Adam Thielen, who has been doing well. I have Christian Watson as well, who finally like got a rhythm with Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. Ben, do you have any advice for me?
2: I don't. Okay, I think, like, Hopkins is a guy that you have to start almost every week. Like, he's going to get the target share. Like, he's going to – I don't know. he He's had a bad few games, but i he's the type of guy that I would start every week. That's just my opinion.
1: Because if you think, like, he's going up, up against Patrick Sertan and the, the Broncos defense, that made Travis Kelsey struggle last week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and you're missing your top quarterback. So, it's going to be, like – Either your backup relies on D-Hop or they just completely blanket D-Hop and he's not going to get any touches. But, hey, I'm in the playoffs right now for my team, my fantasy team right now. This, this This is where I need to be making the big moves. And speaking of the playoffs, the entire NFC East, as crazy as this sounds, might be in the playoffs. We got the Eagles this week against the Bears. Assuming the Eagles win that one, I'm sure Ben's brother, Joseph will be happy about that. We got the Cowboys at Jaguars. Cowboys almost lost to Houston last week. Uh, It was really shocking. Jaguars got a big division road win over the Titans last week. That's going to be a good game. I feel like both teams need to be on their A game for that one. And then the Giants and Commanders tied just two weeks ago and didn't really help each other, didn't really hurt each other. And now... They're coming back and they're playing each other, I believe, Monday night on Monday night football. No, Sunday night. Giants Commanders, that's right. We got the Rams Packers Monday night. So of the two teams, Giants Commanders, Jackson, who would be the most scary team to play in the playoffs as a division winner?
0: I'd say the commanders. I think the commanders are starting to figure some things out. And I think Tyler Heineke is gonna gonna really put together a i said this a couple weeks ago on the show michael i said this a couple weeks ago on the show i think he's that guy i think he's the guy you don't want to catch towards the end of the game and the game wouldn't drive you know he may not be the most spectacular quarterback in the in the league he may have one of the worst arms in the league he may be a horrible decision maker but my god that guy is clutch i mean i'd put him i'd put him over almost anybody else in the league he wins games towards the end of the game and i, I don't know how he does it with the lack of talent that guy has but i would want to miss out i wouldn't I wouldn't want to catch that team on a straight A. So I think I'm looking at the Commanders, and I'm, I'm worrisome.
1: And and they give – Tyler Heineke gives them a better chance than Carson Wentz or this one or that one they've tried out in the past. Ben, is there an NFC East team like the Commanders or Giants that you'd be scared to face in the playoffs? Because they'll likely face you guys as the 49ers.
2: It matters about who can stop the run in the playoffs, and whoever can't stop the run, especially against my team, is bad. And it's a bad matchup. And I would say, Commanders, absolutely all the way. I think, you know, Giants have one of the worst uh, run defenses with 149 yards per game. And then the 202 the last uh, three games aver- have averaged that. So, and then the commanders, I mean, it doesn't matter about how you start the season. It matters how you finish. Commanders are getting hot at the right time. They're going to get Chase Young back. Um, they're running back. Robinson is very explosive. You watch him play. I love watching him play. Um, they have Terry McLaurin, good, a good receiver. They have a, a and Curtis Samuel. So they have more of a, a, a better, I would say receiving core as well. They're getting hot at the right time. Absolutely commanders all the way. And they have a quarterback who does have a little bit of playoff experience and playing on the road. Daniel Jones, I mean, come on. I don't know how good he is going to be when the lights are on him.
1: Yeah, well we'll see. We didn't even expect this to be said about the NFC East period. We didn't expect it to be said about the Cowboys after the first week losing the Buccaneers in the fashion they did. We didn't expect to say this about the Giants or Commanders pretty much ever with how that team's constructed, but we could get all NFC East teams in there. I know Jackson's not hoping for that. I'm hoping uh, – or Jackson's hoping, rather, that his team can sneak in the playoffs rather than one of these NFC East teams, and it, it'll, it'll be good to see how this – NFL matchups play out over the last few weeks. But guys, we got to get you guys out of here. We got Ryan Frick from Tap Outs and Touchdowns joining us right after the break to talk wrestling with a champion dropping their title one night, getting fired the very next day. We'll get talk about that. One of the top WWE superstars suspended. That more after the break on Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and WWBG 1470 AM. Welcome back to our with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com at WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. And welcoming back to the show, Mr. Ryan Frick from Tap Outs and Touchdowns. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm good, bud. Appreciate you having me. I'm excited because... Uh...
3: Some stuff went down over the last couple of days, so I'm excited to get into it. With
1: you. Oh, you're not kidding! <laughs> so, if anyone has been living under a rock, WWE's developmental program NXT has really become a third brand over the last few years, and they sent down Mandy Rose, and Mandy Ro- Rose formed this faction called Ta- Toxic Attraction, and she was the longest reign NXT Women's Champion. Toxic Attraction, probably the hottest act in NXT. And all of a sudden, she loses her title on Tuesday night. And then she's released the very next day. And a lot has come out based on why she was fired. Apparently, there was some content she was posting on one of her paywalls that got shared with everyone. And apparently, Shawn Michaels rewrote the show, that got the tile off of her, and she was released the very next day. Ryan, I want to get your initial reactions on this because I was shocked by the turn of events that happened this week. So, I
3: first saw that that there was a new champion, I think on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'm like, that's unique that they would drop a title on a Tuesday. Um, Little fanfare. Um, You can say what you want about the person who won the title from her. Uh, But when when rumors started circulating that she had been released, uh, my initial reaction was, what? What just happened? She was in the hottest, like you said, the hottest act on NXT. Since since getting sent back down to NXT, her in-ring performance has gotten better. Um, Toxic Attraction was the NXT attraction uh, over probably, I would probably say the last year. Uh, because she has been NXT Women's Champion for over a year, 400 and some odd days. Um, but when the story started coming out as to as to what happened and, and why she got released... Um, I wasn't surprised, but I was a little, uh, I was a little, again, I don't want to say shocked. I was intrigued because of all the reasons uh, people have been released from WWE in the past. Um, the reasons people have gotten suspended in the past. Um, and and so, uh, again, uh, if, if I'll just go ahead and say it, she was essentially had uh, the equivalent of like an OnlyFans, right? Where she was posting adult content. Um, a lot of it behind a paywall where she would have fans request different things and she would send them to them for a price. And somebody got the bright idea to uh, violate the copyright uh, rules or whatever from the website and posted the content that he had requested from her. Um, it was my understanding because I have not seen the footage. Uh, it was very graphic in nature um, and borderline hardcore pornographic. So... Um, Obviously, when you're working for a company who tries to, uh, you know, target children as their audience, um, that's going to be a problem. They essentially whitewashed China out of the WWE history books for actually doing pornography. So um, the the issue I have with it is that for for many years, uh, WWE promoted and celebrated women who graced the cover of Playboy, who got, you know, and this is even post- Mm -hmm. attitude era. This is post WWE going public um, that they were still doing this. So the fact that Mandy Rose had her own website and she was, she was presenting her own content. um, And again, I haven't seen what, what was rumored that she got released for. um, But from my understanding, the rest of it was pretty tame, um, you know, comparatively to what some of the the other women in WWE's history has, has uh, gone public with, with Playboy magazine and whatnot. So I find it very hypocritical that, um, let's let me let me rephrase. If nothing, no warning had been given, I find it very hypocritical for them to have let her go in this fashion. However, there are also rumor rumors circulating that, uh, which is also ironic because I just saw some of these action figures on on the shelf today, uh, Mattel the action figure company that puts out WWE action figures was the one that had concerns about Mandy Rose action figures, considering what, what kind of content she was posting the rumors again, uh, because you haven't heard from anybody directly. The rumors are that uh, she was warned to stop the content. Uh, She chose not to. And when uh, her leaks uh, were released um, it was when they made the decision And, and, you know, kudos for Mandy Rose, for being a professional and allowing them to let her work out a last match before releasing her. Cause she could have said, you know what you're going to fire me. You can take the title and strip me and I'll just, I'll go home. And instead she allowed them to beat her on a random episode of NXT on a Tuesday to take the title off of her where it made sense. And then she somewhat, you know, rode off in the sunset. It is not the last we'll ever see of Many Rose. She'll be, she'll be back at some point when all this dies down, but just really, 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 really disappointing to see how it how it played out.
1: I'm sure this won't be the last we've seen of her. We've seen a lot of people get second, third, fourth chances in wrestling, in sports. That's the nature of the game. Like, if you have a big-name draw, you're going to give, be given another chance. Now, unfortunately, this puts – honestly, I don't even know if Mandy Rose knew she was dropping – like, she was getting fired before she dropped the title. And – I feel like they rushed the decision a little bit, but I feel like this is really because of the change of authority, right? Like this isn't Vince McMahon in the ruthless aggression era doing the Playboys, having Tori Wilson, Stacy Keyboard come out in the ring and do who knows what. Uh that has Ron nothing to do with matches, wrestling. Braun yeah, pays matches, mud wrestling, fights.
3: yeah, yeah. Lesbian yellow action. Yeah. HLA. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, long it, gone are those days. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, it's again. it's just unfortunate, and and I don't. I think she was she was made aware when she got to the arena that hey, um, we we've, we've got this going. and you're going to be released tomorrow. Will you do us a favor and do the job? Um, and if I if so, I think, classic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very professional thing for her to do, considering that like, I'm sure she was making a lot of money doing it, uh, I, see, I think I, I had someone Google her salary. She made somewhere maybe between $100,000 and $150,000 with her NXT contract. There was a a, a nurse, there was a neonatal nurse who was, was let go from her job as a nurse because she created an OnlyFans and she makes $250,000 a month from her uh-huh. OnlyFans account. So if, if, if there's money to be made, then kudos to her for being an entrepreneur standing by what she wants to do and and let her make her money however she wants to make it. As long as you know she's happy, you know, more power to her and kudos for the professionalism on her way out the door.
1: And when it comes to who she leaves behind Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, toxic attraction, where do they go from here without their big leader, Mandy Rose?
3: It's a really good question. You could just let them be a tag team and send them to the main roster because obviously the toxic, toxic attraction angle with the leader, Mandy Rose is now over. So, and you know, it's sort of, in my opinion, because you got to think for a long period of time during that NXT Women's Championship reign, they were the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Um, they have since lost those titles. So it would be a logical conclusion to say that they go to the main roster and uh, and they could just be a tag team on their own. Um, it, I feel like it would weaken them if, if, if they decided, you know, we, we can't be by ourselves. Give us a leader. Now, if you're asking who, think, who do you think would be a good, logical leader for them... I think you could put Nikita Lyons in there. I think that's her name, right?
1: Um, yeah. or Sonia Deville.
3: I mean, uh, that would sort of be, I don't know if Sonya would do it one because of Sonia's um, sexuality. Mandy. Oh, well, well, so that's... for starters, like the, 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 the goal is to be provocative and to be attractive for the men in the audience. Right. Um, Considering and and again, like I'm I'm extremely happy that Sonia Deville is out and, and proud and, and kudos to her for for sticking excuse me sticking to that and 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 being an ally for the LGBTQ community. Um, but for starters, the the gimmick is not about turning on all all uh, people. It's it's about you know sort of again uh, marketing towards men. Um, and secondly her friendship with Mandy Rose outside the ring like I feel like she wouldn't and again unless she was given the blessing by Mandy Rose I don't think she would want to interject herself in that role uh, primarily because um it's it, it would be a direct like okay she's gone so I'm gonna fill her shoes I mean there's plenty of women that you think might be able to fit in that um, that that could go in and fill that role but the only one that really stands out right off the bat is Nikita Lyons because she's a she's she you know when she first came out she was an all-around entertainer and what better way to be an all-around entertainer than to start dressing a little sexier on TV partnering yourself with the rest of Toxic Attraction and sort of using that platform to elevate but like I said I don't think they need a leader I think they could go to the main roster be a tag team compete with damage control compete with whoever else they're going to put it back into tag team situations Um and kind of let them go from there. And if they don't make it on the main roster, they can split them up, send them back to NXT, whatever the case is. But I think you're just you're gonna do a disservice not not just to the two of them, but to the faction of a whole if if you just completely replace Mandy Rose immediately and and put somebody else as the figurehead of that faction. Lazy booking. If if you were watching a TV show and and all of a sudden like you wrote off one character to bring in another, it's just lazy writing. Like that's that's all it would be.
1: And that's fair. Who knows what will happen to toxic attraction. Hopefully they make the main roster. Hopefully they do some good work for themselves. And on the main roster, we got word this week that Mar- Matt Riddle apparently suspended by WWE for the second time this year. And makes a lot of sense. I talked about this on the podcast on Wednesday on its Tobacco Road Sports Radio debut, Ryan Frick and I, part of the Wrestling Wednesdays on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. He's the host of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. Great Wednesday's probably my favorite day of the week. Now wrestling podcast and then AEW dynamite afterwards can't get any better than that. Oh yeah. Um, but Matt Riddle gets suspended. You know, this is why his match with Seth Rollins got postponed from SummerSlam apparently because riddle was suspended and with real getting suspended a second time, he just got written off TV for six weeks. I'm starting to think like there's two folds to this one. I fear like Matt Reel's career could be in jeopardy if he doesn't get the help he needs. You know, like I think of somebody with so much potential like Velveteen Dream, like from NXT. You know, obviously very different circumstances in terms of why they didn't pan out in WWE, but so much potential as part of that black and gold NXT brand. And with the Mandy Rose firing and the Matt Reel suspension all coming down in a week, it's pretty evident this is a new regime. A new regime with Triple H at the helm, Stephanie McMahon, and this isn't Vince's company anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen. So, I think Velveteen Dreams, uh, let's call it substance abuse issues, didn't come until much much after he was he was out of wrestling. Like his his departure from WWE resulted in something that was was far more complex than simply failing a drug test. Um, or, or having a drug problem. Like it would. Let's 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 be clear. Velveteen Dream, his career was over when those rumors started circulating, and then when he got arrested for his uh, again, let's call it substance abuse issues. All he did was double down on the fact that his return to WWE would would be very surprising at this point. Um, I would more compare a situation like Matt Riddle's to that of Jeff Hardy, someone That's who has is is, is is has struggled for much of his career with substance abuse. Um, he, you know, the infamous, uh, I believe it was bound for glory main event with sting where, uh, Jeff Hardy could barely stand up as he entered the ring. Um, th- probably the most disappointing match in all of pro wrestling history. Um, you know, they just gave him his own title. You know, we, we don't have to go full, full into that. I, I wouldn't say Matt Riddle's career is in jeopardy. Uh, my understanding is that, that he has gone to rehab, which is, uh, probably the, the, Biggest step forward, uh, in, in in a way to to rep you know to to repair that reputation and to to show and, and prove that he's willing to do the work uh, to to do right by the company. who's done right by him. Um, I mean, WWE went from testing for marijuana to now putting out a shirt that says "420, bro," and celebrating the fact that Matt Riddle is uh, is is a user and grower and whatnot of 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 the. Of the marijuana, of the cannabis family. Um, listen, I, I don't want to say he was sort of floundering because it was he went for a long time, sort of like uh, wishing my friend Randy the best. Um, and so they they try to put him with Elias. They let him. They let him feud with Seth Rollins. They try to do him a, a few things. So um, I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing in the world that they wrote him off TV, even if it was because of a suspension. I, I you know we all want it to make sense. And something like, for instance, Jimmy Uso arrested for a DUI right before the uh, the bloodline gimmick really started getting into it. And rather than disciplining him, um, he was a big part of the plan. So they just kind of let it skate. If Matt Riddle was a big part of plans, they would they probably would have let it skate and and figured out how to deal with it. Um, Or they would have. You know, if it had been that big of an issue, they would have pulled him off TV without writing it in storyline. So, again, credit has to go out to the creative team, Triple H, whoever else was behind it, to find a, a way that made sense to write him off TV so that he can get his head right. Um, even I think even if he fails to get in WWE and one of those like three strikes are out thing, and and uh, he does get ultimately released, he'll find a home, be it Impact, be it. Aew be it New Japan he will find it home um, you would just have to hope that he gets the help that he needs so that he doesn't go down that path that so many professional wrestlers have gone in the past um, where he can't come back from it so I again I don't know what what exactly that they they're saying that he is on that he has to go get uh, rehabilitated from um, but we know because of WWE's leniency towards marijuana uh, over the last year or two, That it's got to be something harder than that, and and with the history of professional wrestlers, you would, um, you would have to assume it had to do something with pain pills. Um, so kudos for uh, WWE for allowing him to sort of leave with some dignity, having like put him in an ambulance to write him off TV, um, but also understanding that like this guy is not going in the direction not for the way that our company works, but because we don't want to see him wind up like so many pro wrestlers have in the past. We want him to get help and we're going to do everything we can to help him get that help. So kudos to everybody involved. I hope, uh, I hope Matt Riddle gets the help that he needs, comes back, um, and, and continues where he, where he started from, not the floundering guy who is, who is all about Randy Orton, but about maybe coming back and creating new storylines for him and, and putting him in some sort of mid card title picture again, where, where he can, uh, exceed uh expectations that that all of us have of him right now
1: and i have high expectations for him i've been really impressed with the work he's put in he's very entertaining which seeing him, i relay him to kurt angle in the way he's adapted from (laughs) the combat or the collegiate wrestling for angle combat mma for riddle and coming in and just grasping onto the entertainment aspect of wrestling of wwe he's done a tremendous job i hope he has uh best recovery and gets his head on straight and we'll get to be entertained by matt real for years and years to come but we gotta get out of here we are up against the hour ryan frick you can catch him on tap outs and touchdowns on wednesdays you can catch my wrestling podcast drop the mic wrestling podcast on wednesdays as well i believe drop the mic comes on right before tap outs and touchdowns if i'm not mistaken
3: I think they mix it up, but either way, we're, we're both on Wednesdays. And now I've also got a football show that normally comes out on Thursday. So make sure y'all, y'all tune in to tobacco road sports radio for that
1: as well. Yeah. And t- tobacco road sports radio doing great. Thank you, Ryan, so much for joining us. Thanks Jackson and Ben of the Camper Report for joining us earlier in the show. And everyone, this has been Michael Davis with Al pocket on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM. Your TGI Friday doesn't have to end here. Everyone have a great night and a great weekend.